to be creative, it's really to be curious, to lead lead your life with a sense of curiosity and to solve problems as well. And so being able to find creative solutions for things. This is the Wellstruck Podcast, where we talk about what small business ownership is really like. I'm Sarah Zero, the founder of Wellstruck and the facilitator of the Wellstruck community, where small business owners gather to talk shop and exchange fresh perspectives with friends who get it. After years of hearing small business owners talk candidly behind closed doors, the biggest secret I've learned is that we're all just figuring it out as we go. Here on the podcast, I'm interviewing the folks who are down for sharing their stories about the messy middle. Today, I'm chatting with Beck Stavely, the founder of Our Endless Adventure, where she's a marketing consultant with a coaching approach. On every call, Beck brings her 15 years of marketing experience, but she knows that the real work happens when clients get unstuck, prioritize, and take it to the next level. She does this with her magic ingredients of creativity, visualization, and emotional intelligence. Beck's clients consider her their guide and their number one cheerleader for their businesses and the many facets of life that intertwine for entrepreneurs. As a self-proclaimed Jane of all trades and one of the chief everything officers for the Be More Creatives, she knows all humans are innately creative. Beck is on a mission to help you uncover and strengthen your own creativity and self-awareness so that you can confidently live a life that feels true to you. Hello and welcome back. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing today? I'm good because I'm here talking to you. It's always a good day when we have a chat. Yes, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Well, I'm so happy to have you here and I know that Our missions and our purposes and our values for our businesses align in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to um, that intertwining of business life and personal life when you're an entrepreneur, because there's a blurred line there. Oh, yes. (laughs) So um, before we hop into talking about business, I would love for guests just to get to know a little about you personally. So can you tell me a little bit about you, where you live? family, pets, hobbies? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So I live here in Sykesville, Maryland um, with my partner, Chris, our son, Griffin. And then we have two fluffy ones, a big orange cat named Diego and my dog, Sydney, who's about 15. So my little granny, granny pup. Um, And it's hard to believe we've almost lived here for two years, but it's been like pandemic time. So in my mind, I just lived in Baltimore like yesterday. So we lived in Baltimore for about 13 years and just still have strong connections to that and only a quick car, ra- car ride away from there. Um, other than that, I I enjoy, as I look out the window here, we moved out here because I enjoy just wandering in the woods. I used to say hiking, but then I people I think thought that was more like exercise than what I do, which is kind of just to go fun, look at fun things in in the woods. (laughs) Um, Other than that, I like just, I like creating things. So I used to give myself a hard time of not having like a specific thing I like to create. Like I like to paint or I like to do this, but um, I like to dabble in it all. And so, I mean, some of the things that are, that I do more is like photography, painting, writing. Um, so just whatever I really feel like creating. And that's what I like to do. 
what have you been dabbling in the most creatively in the past week or two? Um, home decor. So Ooh. it's um, again, I feel like the past two years have been really condensed and we hadn't really done too much to our house for various reasons, but the past like few months, but specifically last week or two. Um, yeah, just getting some colors on the wall, hanging some stuff up and getting all of the little touches that make it feel like a home, feel like our home. That sounds like fun. And I can only imagine the little touches that you're thinking of, especially with your work and being so closely involved with the Be More Creatives. Yeah. you sourcing lots of local work. Yes, absolutely. And oh, actually really enjoyed yesterday. We just went to like the local hardware store here yesterday and they had like a made in Baltimore table, which I really loved. So grabbed a grabbed a um, some soap and other things. But yeah, I'd like to keep an eye out for different artists that we can have here in our home. That's so nice. I can't wait to come see it when when mm-hmm. a little further along. Um So now I want to jump into learning a little bit more about your business. So of course, I read your lovely bio earlier, and I just want to hear it also off the cuff, like from from you in the moment right now, what do you do and for who? And maybe if if you if it's easier to actually picture one of your your clients who is going through your like signature offering um, and you can I know you can tell us something about them. I, I understand that yeah. your work with them might be private too. So, um, but however you want to explain it, sometimes I find it really helps to hear an example of how you're yeah. working with somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am a marketing consultant that has a coaching approach. And so um, the past five years of my business have been, has been consulting one-on-one with businesses. And now, now I'm adding in that coaching approach because I get to have these consistent meetings with my clients. So my clients tend to be other business owners. Often they are the face or the personality of their business. It's, it's what they've created. Um, and this can be any phase of business. So some, some clients, it's the very beginning phase, like they're thinking about starting a business, um, and they, and they need some guidance of how to go about that, or they have a business that they're running, but they kind of want to either take it to the next level. They, they want to find their sweet spot. They want to like figure out that lifestyle piece. Like how do they create a business that fits the life that they want moving forward, And so I've really enjoyed switching to this model because I get to have that consistency with them and, and I get to see them grow and I get to be there and work through anything that's challenging, but then also be able to celebrate them. And I just, it's really fun to be just someone's biggest cheerleader and hold space for them, but then also it, when they need is a guidance in a certain direction or just helping them come back to themselves. I can hear you smiling through it <laughs> as you talk about it and you talk yeah. about getting to cheerlead them um, and you're so darn good at it. Um, I think, and I'm sure, I'm sure you agree. I think that people, we tend to forget how valuable outside perspective is and that when you're really having trouble seeing the forest through the trees, like talking to somebody else and and just having them observe and kind of pair it back to you, maybe in different words, maybe even in the same words. That's one of the things I think you're so, so good at, like deeply, deeply listening. 
and then repeating it back to someone the way they've said it, but maybe just focusing on the highlights or just the parts that you hear them saying again and again. It's really Mm -hmm. eye-opening. I can say that having been a client of yours in the past. Thank you. (laughs) And it's something too, like just what you're sharing, what I experienced when I first went out on my own is I didn't realize how much I think at that time I was dependent on information from other people, affirmation from other people. And so I was that person who used to look forward to the days that like, oh, I got my like quarterly review because it meant I got some feedback on how I'm doing the things I can work on, et cetera. And then when I went on my own, like I didn't have somebody to do that with and I needed to do that for myself. But often that's really hard to do with yourself. Um, And sometimes we just kind of go in circles in our brain. So it is incredibly valuable. And I found that it was very valuable to find other places where I could bounce ideas off of and be able to get outside perspectives, which is honestly what drove me to Wellstruck and what I valued so much in being a part of that community. Yes. Well, we totally value the same thing. And I feel like maybe we've both come to that realization at a similar time in life. How, yeah. how old are you? How old are you? I always forget this. I think <laughs> 35, 35. Okay. I'm 37. I feel like it was around like 35 ish when I started yeah. realizing like, okay, I, I really do need outside perspective because I'm, I'm driving myself bonkers. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. And, and sometimes it literally is just you, us saying it out loud and then we can hear ourselves. Um, versus it being in our head. So just being able to share that to someone, let alone then having that person being able to ask certain questions or point out certain things. Absolutely. And that's where your your long time of experience in marketing really, really shines through too. Mm So if you had to sum up your core genius, sometimes we Mm. talk about core genius and well-struck. It's the thing that comes so naturally to you that you sometimes forget that other people don't have it. It's so easy to you that you almost can't believe like people are willing to pay you for it, (laughs) but it actually is a really highly specialized skill. Do you know what your core genius is? Yes. So I think it's a little bit of a combination here. So one comparison would be like being a mirror for somebody else. And Mm -hmm. so I can like, when I'm talking to you, when I see you, when I'm working with you, like I can see all of your potential and it makes me excited. And if I can just be like a mirror back to you of like how amazing you are, then I feel like that's just incredibly powerful. In addition to that, um, what has come in handy in just over my career is the ability to like connect the dots. And so I can listen to somebody share about their project, about their business, about their problem. Like one of my past roles was like getting down to the root cause of issues in a corporate environment. And so like, I can listen to like, here are the things that are happening and be able to pinpoint a few things and then connect the dots. And so being able to help other people do that is, is really great. Oh my gosh, that's going to be a good soundbite for you, my friend, because you just said it so well, <laughs> so well. I love it. And actually, that's a wonderful lead-in to really diving into your origin story. So um, 
when I say origin story, I'm referring <laughs> in particular to um, your business origin story. So I know one question that I used to always wonder when I was about 25 and starting to think about running my own business is when I saw women like you in their mid-30s kicking butt having accomplished all these cool things and doing the most interesting, fun sounding things for their jobs and like living a good full life while doing it. All I wanted to know is how, how did you get there? And did you know <laughs> that's where you wanted to be? Was it a straight line? Yeah. So that's what I want to dive into right now is just take some time to do that. And I, I don't know if you want to start with um, being the first in-house photographer at McCormick or even your college program, if you, if you, your college program relates to what you do or yeah, where did, where did the professional Beck begin? Mm-hmm. Well, this is great. And honestly, like just take a moment. I loved how you phrased that question because I, being able to look at myself of like, yeah, what about 25 year old me looking at 35 year old me? Like, but yeah, I'm 25 year old me would be very proud and very excited and wondering, yeah, how did you get here? Right? Um, <laughs> how can we make this happen? So wait, to a quick answer, not a straight line um, and lots of trial and error. But I went to school at University of Maryland and I didn't know what I wanted to do. But given just I don't know if it was testing or grades or whatever, they're like, you can you know start in the school of business and then make a decision. It's easier to come into it than to then apply later. And I was just like, all right, cool, we'll do that. Um, Because I was a little bit torn between psychology, art, and business. And so I went in the direction. Yeah, I went, (laughs) right? (laughs) And, but I was like going down these paths of like psychology, do I want to become a psychiatrist? Or like what kind of schooling and like going to a lot of school sounded not as fun for me. Um, And then art, I was like, what do I do with that? And I didn't have anyone in my life that was a clear example of, of being an artist in the real world. Uh, And then, um, the other direction was business school. And within there, I mean, my dad wanted me to do accounting and that sounded just not for me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went the direction with marketing, which looking back on that, I'm like, it's kind of this like intersection of art and psychology, um, depending on how you look at marketing. I look at marketing from a, a positive perspective of being able to connect people's needs with the businesses that they're seeking. Um, and being able to share like what, the, how this business then meets your needs. And so, yeah, I studied that and I, I did enjoy that. I do wish I uh, allowed myself to explore the art and psychology world a little bit more now knowing how well that does connect. Um, but after that, I went to work at McCormick and Company for about six years and had quite a few different roles within the marketing department there. Um, So like I said, one of the roles was getting down to root cause issues within, it was within the marketing department, but like going across things like how long does it take to make a recipe? Sometimes it's six weeks, sometimes it's six months and like trying to get down to the core of that. Um, But eventually that evolved. Um, Someone shared with our VP of marketing that I did photography. So on the side of just work. I had a camera that and just played around with it. I did people's engagement photos. I sold photos on Etsy. I sold some photos in some stores. And this was just kind of like a creative side thing that I did that I 
I enjoyed doing. I never really thought through how or if this could become a full-time job. And so BP marketing her that I did photography. So then she asked my boss of like, Ooh, like, could she start doing some things here? And so we started exploring, they made, they made recipes in their test kitchens every single day. And it was just uh, like untapped content um, of just like being able to like capture that and share that, especially at a significantly different cost than continuing to take all the things that we're doing to the studios we were working with um, for photography. And plus like that was like, we already had, we had so much to do. And it was like, this was also at a time where they're getting so many like recipes onto the website. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, there was the need for photos was felt infinite at the time. Um, So it was really cool to just create different roles within there. And it's, I really like being able to connect with people that still work there and hear how the creative team has evolved to like, there is a full on content creation team, multiple photographers and videographers and stylists and uh, just uh, graphic designers. And it's, and it's really cool to look back and see how, how that started and where it's grown to. But then also for me, where I've gone from there as well. Um, so after that, I went to a startup called Order Up. Um, they were Baltimore-based um, delivery, a food delivery business that was acquired by Groupon and then Grubhub. And so it was really cool to be just like in the thick of it, like so early on and just experiencing a different culture for business as well. Um, and from there, I... Ooh, let me jump in there. So yeah. can, can you talk at all? about the difference in the cultures between the startup culture versus McCormick? Yeah. And so I think it's um, talking about McCormick, but even in talking to other friends that are in established companies as well that have been around for a long time, things just tend to move at a different pace, a little slower pace. There are more stakeholders, there's more approvals, there's more red tape, and there's reasons for that. It's a large business that they're protecting and want to make sure that the best decisions are made and the resources are going to the right people. Um, But it was also just, you know, it took a lot of time to get a project approved. Um, I, and so then switching to a startup, it just like really dawned on me when I was having a one-on-one with my boss and was like, yeah, I think we should probably do this and this and this. And she was just like, okay, go for it. And, like, wow. I, was, and I just had this moment of like, wait, what? Wait, I, I, I can just do the thing <laughs> that I proposed. And so there's, I mean, there's an aspect of me that like, there's just always like, there, it's an idea machine just churning. And so being able to act on some of those was just very empowering. Um, and then just culture from a difference in like corporate and versus like startup was just, I don't know, it was, I, we got, I got to know people in that company a lot better because we were just like all in one room together (laughs) like there are no walls between us for better for worse um and just it was yeah different I feel like order up the founders did a really great job of creating a culture there that um we all have stayed in contact after that oh that's so great that's different from what you hear uh, a lot of startups from what I hear. So that sounds nice that they did that and that you yeah, got I'm, to experience that. 
Yeah. And I mean, yeah, there's pros and cons. It's interesting to look at like both of those structures and there's pros and cons of, of both. Yeah. I, I had similar experience in, in my twenties. My first couple of jobs were at really different types of companies, you know, from a larger corporation to a tiny boutique branding agency, um, to then working in a university for their marketing. And I feel like looking back, that was so great to have those different experiences. So I could get a taste of each and kind of see like, okay, what do I like from this? And what do I like from that? Absolutely. Cherry pick for when it was my turn to start a business. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then it was, I think that was like through working for both of those companies, like I I was doing photography on the side and I wanted to continue to explore that. And so that's where it was really exciting to have the opportunity to explore that more when I went on my own. So when I went out on my own, I kept the door open both for marketing consulting contracts but then also photography. And so I explored all different types of photography and, and to see what would, what would work for one, my skills and what I'm interested in, but also the lifestyle that I wanted, because it's a very different lifestyle to be a wedding photographer versus a family photographer versus a brand photographer. And so just trying out what works for me um, and being able to also meet different people through that process. You make it sound so good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be completely transparent, though, like when I when I was going through all that, I had very much a voice in my head that was saying, why can't you figure out the one thing that you're going to do? Why do you not stay committed to one thing? Why? Yeah. Are you flaking on the on the one thing you said you wanted to do before? Now you want to explore this. And so there was plenty of that going through my head at the time. And now I can look back and be like, it was fine. It was I was exploring different things. How are you to know what you want to do if you can't give them a try? And there are just certain people that are interested in many things and have those ideas and that excitement. And want to. So I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with trying different things. Absolutely. And, and I can relate to that so much. And you know, what's funny is when you, when you look at what you're doing now and you go back to you trying to decide on your college major, (laughs) man, those, those three things you were ping-ponging between (laughs) what you're doing now really is the, the union intersection of all of all three of those. And that, yeah. that's kind of an interesting thing. Cause you know, same for me, like when I reflect on my life, it did, wasn't linear at all, but looking back, it's like, Oh, what were the things that I was always gravitating to even mm-hmm. as a kid and as a teenager yeah. and like, wow, you kind of did know what you wanted to do when you went <laughs> off to college, but you didn't know it was a job or how to make yeah. a job of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that I, I'm glad you hit on like as a kid and teenager too, because that's often something I, I enjoy going, talking to clients about is like, yeah, what were you drawn to as a kid? Because that was before the world told you the different things that you should be interested in, or you were influenced by the people around you um, and what they might want or what you think they want. And so like, for me, it was like, I, I mean, I talked about it already of wandering in the woods, but like when we came to this house, I I walked out on the back deck and I was like, this feels like home. It felt like my parents' home and just like being able to like, as a kid, go wandering in the woods with my dog. Ah, That's so special. And I know that um, I'm definitely going to post 
at least one photo of you wandering in the woods <laughs> um, in the show notes. So if you want to learn more about that. And also, I know you have that all um, throughout your Instagram as well. Yes. So, um, so I know I've kind of like had us go in a nonlinear path um, telling your origin story, which is totally fine because that's also how it was. Yeah. So I just want to come back to this part that you're now celebrating six years of business this summer, and it has allowed you to work with over a hundred different business owners and organizations, helping them to connect their values and brand to share their message to target customers. Congratulations. Thank you. I really did enjoy taking a moment to fill this out. Cause like I said, like it's when you're working for yourself that we, we don't always take those moments to like check in. And so it was cool to be able to look back and just, yeah, have some pride in what I have accomplished, even if during in that moment, it felt like often I find myself looking forward to that future and that vision of like what I want to get to. But being able to look backwards and see all that I've accomplished um, and feel good about it is, is ideal. Yeah, yeah. And and the present. I know that the other thing that yeah. you said you were really <laughs> proud of is enjoying the flexibility to do things like creating that pop-up experience for the Orioles Fan Fest through yeah. the Be More Creatives and getting yeah. your Reiki certification. So actually, can you tell can you tell folks a little bit about the Be More Creatives? Absolutely. And so that's totally something that I don't think I would have been involved in if I continued working for other companies or not working for myself. So I want to say it's been like four years of working with them. Um, Which probably so, means eight years. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, for those who, that don't know, the Be More Creatives is a community here in Baltimore, but as more people move all around the, all around from Baltimore to elsewhere, it's, it's stretched out. Um, but it's a community here where we just, we celebrate the creatives. So that's everything from um, business owners to artists to just the everyday person walking down the street who takes a photo of something, shares it on Instagram, puts the hashtag to be more creatives on it. And, and there it is. So um, it started as an Instagram account that anyone who used the hashtag to be more creatives, they had the chance of being reshared. And so it was a way for the two founders, um, Alexa and Lucy, to kind of curate all the cool things that were going on around Baltimore. And so they had both moved from out of town into Baltimore. And so they wanted to know about it and, and wanted to see like, where is a concert happening? Where is a market or an art show, various things. And so being able to share that and people just like grabbed onto it and ran with it. And so they started doing events where you got to meet other people. And so I met them through one of their events. And then when Lucy moved out of Baltimore, Alexa was looking for some help. And so um, being able to join the team at that point and just, it was fun to be able to apply some of my like marketing and branding to it as well and be like, what direction do we want to go with this? And so we tried different things of and like, we created an LLC for it and seeing if that was something we could continue having clients that way. Ultimately, we decided that didn't align with our mission. 
of just celebrating the creatives. And so just being able to try different things, but through doing that, like one of the examples you mentioned was the pop-up experience at Orioles Fan Fest. And so like, if again, if I was 25 year old me looking at me now, like, did I, would I ever think one of my clients would be the Orioles? Like, no. (laughs) And like, but how fun and cool it was to be able to do that. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah. So fun. (laughs) Yeah. And so we, I just, I've, been really grateful for my time working with that community and just it's helped me to discover so many amazing people oh it 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 really started off at the perfect time like when instagram was becoming big and people were learning Mm -hmm. how to use hashtags and i I was trying to think about how i first met you or how you first found out about wellstruck which had a different name at the time but um i actually think it might have been through the be more creative it was because they co-hosted one of my events early early on down at artifact coffee in baltimore and so yeah yeah so I, and I'm not sure if I went to that one, but I remember having a conversation with Lucy and Alexa and they were both like, you should do a round or yeah, do a round table, a round table. with Sarah. <laughs> and like, and they even were like, you should host, co-host one. And so here we are. Here we are. Soon, here we soon are. We'll be co-hosting one with you. Yes. It, it took, it, it should have happened sooner, but here we are. <laughs> hey, you know, things, you know, doesn't go, always go linear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we're just bringing it full circle yep. already, even though we're just halfway through. So, okay. <laughs> now that we've learned a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are and, you know, all the puzzle pieces really end up fitting together. It makes a lot of sense where you are now. Um, I want to dive into talking about some of the things that I know were important to you to talk about today. Um, One of them is creativity. You said creativity, Mm -hmm. we have it all. It's a skill. So tell me about that. Yeah. So this is something that was interesting. Like if you had asked me a few years ago, what was um, like, what what did you call before my core or my Genius. genius? Yeah. I would have said creativity and that's a mo- a lot of my life I've heard from other people. Oh, you're so creative. And, but then um, I was reading, have you ever read the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes. In pieces, kind of yeah. like the way you're reading Brene Brown's yeah. in pieces. <laughs> yep. So it's, it's a book that I like continuously come back to, but she just goes through the belief that everyone is creative. We're all innately creative. Like if you think back to, like our parents, our grandparents, our aunt, like many generations, like our humans are makers. Like we, we would make our houses, we would make our clothing. Like my grandmother made clothing for her eight children and my dad built his house. And would I have necessarily called them, they are creative people, not by your standard definition, but like they are incredibly. And so we just need to remember that as humans, we are creative and it is a skill. So we can continue to practice it. A lot of us have stopped practicing it because at some point in our childhood, usually, in usually in school, someone might have said like, oh, you're not creative or, oh, that's not for you. Or maybe you should focus on math and science, or maybe you should focus on this instead. Like this isn't your thing. And we listened. And so we just stopped 
practicing that part because, oh, we're, we put ourselves in the bucket of we're not creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other people put themselves in the bucket of they were creative. And, and it almost made it seem like this creativity or being an artist is like for, only for like the chosen few who happen to have that, that ability. And that's so not true. And while to an extent, like, I feel like there's creativity and there's being artistic and like, yes, there are going to be certain people that they just, they, the skill is more developed. They have a natural instinct for it. They have an eye for it. And so, yes, they might then pursue a career in the arts um, or creating things and selling them. But then when people only use that as a definition, they're assuming that creativity must be connected to career or job or money. And that's not the case. Like we can all practice creativity in any other aspect of our life, even within our job, even if it's not a creative job. And so to be creative, it's really to be curious, to lead lead your life with a sense of curiosity and to solve problems as well. And so being able to find creative solutions for things. Um, so it's just being able to remember that and like, and not shutting yourself down. So, and it's also like, if you just come back to like what some people consider creative, like if it is like making a craft or painting a picture, just like things that are a little, like might seem approachable, but not it's sometimes it's just making sure you have the knowledge, the guidance, the materials, and like putting that together and, and a lot of people will be surprised of how creative they are. I love all of that. Just letting that sit for a second. <laughs> I couldn't agree more also. And this kind of relates back to the post-it that we talked about earlier in the episode. Yeah. What was it about having fun? Don't forget to have fun. Don't forget to have fun. That's so much of what the book Big Magic is about, yeah. right? Like if you kind of want to go figure skating but you think it's silly because you're 30 something years old. Mm-hmm. Well, what's wrong with the reason being it sounds like fun? Like yeah. it's fun. Why not? Yep, absolutely. Right? And isn't that why we're here? Like to have some fun. And by here I mean on earth and yeah. life to like <laughs> enjoy it. Right. Yeah. I feel like I have to keep reminding myself lately especially in entrepreneurship that like we're always kind of reaching for that next milestone. And that Mm -hmm. sounds cliche, but, but I think we all get stuck in it of like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this little wave of stress is going to be over just when I launch that thing, or just when I finally get that email out or finally finalize that process or book that client or finish this client project. And it's like, well, what I love what you said about looking for opportunities to be creative in your work too, and, Mm -hmm. and having fun with that and enjoying the process and the journey itself. Yeah. You remind me to do that a lot of the time. Good. Yeah. I think you do too. I th- Was it in one of your contracts or one of, it might've been Tiffany Reedy. And it was like, one of the last lines was like, you're agreeing to have, have fun. And, and I was just like, I am adopting this. Like it was within like the client <laughs> Uh, contract going through it. And I was like, that is such a th- great thing to have in a contract. And it also makes me think of um, a coach I worked with recently. Um, she would, she had these like three magic questions and I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but one of them was, how can you make this more fun? So if you're getting stuck on something, 
Like, oh, one of them was like, how can you make it more easy on yourself? How can you make it more fun? And how can you make it more meaningful? Um, and so I feel like maybe I can send you a link to her information. We can share that afterwards. But it was it was something that just like, I feel like I can apply it to so many different things in life of just, yeah, how can you have more fun? How can you make it easier on yourself? And how can you make it more meaningful? I love that. In fact, those ha- have kind of become my core things lately. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I'm thinking about the things I want to talk about, uh, either whether it's my marketing content or just talk with other people or even in this podcast of how can we make everything, each thing in our lives more fun and easy. So yeah. like if you're tired of blogging, well, what could you do differently? Maybe you get on a video chat and interview somebody that way. And instead yeah. of having a blog, it's a YouTube and maybe you drop the YouTube video in the blog. Like that's more fun. Yeah. Instagram, I never want to write the posts and I never feel like I can afford enough photographers to take all the photography that I want to have. And then I don't want to write the caption. (laughs) But after an event that I host, I'm so pumped up and I'm just like glowing Mm -hmm. and I have so much to talk about. And so somebody just suggested to me, it was Daniela Galdi. She's like, why don't you just make it a plan that like the half hour or hour after you get off one of your calls, you're, you know, you already look nice for the camera because you just hosted an event. Not that that totally matters, but she said, why don't you just right then record a bunch of snippets of content and then you can share those out over time. Oh my God, that sounds way more fun and easy than what I'm doing. That's (laughs) genius. And it's riding off of that wave because that's something with like creativity too, is that like it comes and goes in waves. Yes. And creativity and inspiration so you're coming off of those events and feeling like you're feeling that energy and excited and it's like yeah tap into that while it's there and like instead of trying to do it another time with our like more I don't know organizational brain that's like all right I well I blocked off time today to do posts it's my business hat (laughs) business admin day marketing Monday (laughs) yep and it's like I think there's a certain level of um we can set the scene for ourselves and get us to that point because we can't always wait for the for the inspiration to strike but then there's also like just know yourself and know your rhythms and like why not yeah tap into that right after all of those events so so then I have a question for you yeah if everybody has creativity and somebody isn't feeling creative and they feel like they're not having those moments that they can identify and tap into the way that I'm having those moments after I host an event, what are some of the things that you recommend to somebody to step back and think about or try or reframe it? So it's how can I make this more fun and easy instead of daunting or mm-hmm. dreading? Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like a two, maybe a two part. So one side of it comes back to like, what we're talking about as as kids so like what were what was something you were interested in as a kid so like if you're not feeling creative now and you want to tap back into that is like did you really like like I was just talking to a friend earlier today like I really enjoyed I had graph paper as a kid and I would draw houses and draw floor plans of houses that was what I did for fun and so it's like if you did that or if you like you enjoyed painting or taking photos or whatever it was like tap back into that a little bit. Like, um, and even if it seems silly and just have fun with it, because that might just like unblock something a little bit. Um, and, but then I feel like your question was also asked, I'm like, remember trying to remember what my second part was, but 
just asking a little bit more of like, I guess, making more of the day to day with business more fun and creative is, Mm -hmm. I mean, it does come back to like, how can you make this more fun? So often for me, it's okay. Like if I need, if I want to sit down and write an email newsletter or some posts or something like that, um, why don't I first get some tea, turn on some fun music, like maybe dance around a little bit. Like we started this a little bit late and that was fine. Cause that gave me a little time to like dance around and like have a little dance party, which totally gets you out of your head and into your body. Mm-hmm. And so if you can kind of do that. So like I said, just like setting that scene for yourself and yeah, choosing to have fun with it and remembering like why you want to be doing something and if you can't remember why you want to be doing something, then maybe you don't have to be doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or outsource it or let go of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like that applies, especially to marketing and social media for a lot of people these days. Like, pick the one or two that feel really good. Yes. And by feel really good, like, how can you actually make it fun? Yeah. It's it's been a practice. It's really shifted things for me in the last year. Um, I think I really picked up on it from Amanda Jefferson. She's another well strucker. Yeah, uh, she's in the mastermind. Amanda Jefferson of Indigo Organizing. She really got me into that. How can I make this more fun and easy? And just the practice of getting in the habit of saying that. Just mm-hmm. ask yourself whenever you're feeling sluggish or you don't want to do the thing or you're carrying the thing over from last week to this week. How could I make, why am I putting this off? How could I, like, yeah. could I actually schedule an accountability date with a friend and just talk through it for five minutes so I get the momentum going? Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I agree. It's, yeah, it's, it's cool how much we have control over shifting how our day goes and how we can, like, if we choose to make it fun and easy, it can go in that direction. Totally. So in your question about tapping back into our creativity, for me, um, recently that happened with my photography. And so, like I said, I've, I've been doing photography on the side for a long time um, and, that, and then full time for six years. Uh, but I found myself, I don't know, dreading certain aspects of it. Um, and then also not seeing how I could scale what I currently had going on. And if I didn't enjoy certain aspects and I couldn't scale it either, then something wasn't working. And so um, it was starting to say no to some clients first, um, just ones that it didn't seem like a good fit. And that was really hard to do is to say no to a paying client. Um, and I do want to recognize my privilege in being able to say no to a paying job. Um, and it was something to work through of trusting that when I said no to something, it was giving me the availability to say yes to other things. Um, but as I was continuing to say no to certain things and taking a step back, it was just realizing like it wasn't working for me right now. And so um two friends, Isaiah and Alexa, who worked with on the Be More Creatives, they gifted me a small camera for my birthday, I want to say like two or three years ago. Um, And it was just a film camera. There are no settings. There's like nothing, nothing going on, just very straightforward. And it honestly brought me back to like when I was a kid. And it brought me back to as well when I first was 
playing with photography and got my first camera out of college of just wandering around and discovering and enjoying that and not focusing too much on, okay, let me make sure I got the right shot and how am I? And then after that, like making sure I'm editing them and how am I going to share these and like making sure I'm meeting my clients needs and what are they thinking and are they getting what they want? And so it just got me back to just the core of why I like photography. So being able to, that's really helped me just be able to get back to the excitement, the curiosity and not having expectations of everything I create. Mm, strip it down, get it down to its simplest form. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. I'm sitting here thinking about what I could apply that to in my own life too. Yeah. <laughs> Printmaking. Printmaking. Maybe we need a craft or noon, Beck. Please. I've always wanted to learn more about printmaking as well. <laughs> <laughs> Carving up potatoes and stamping them with acrylic paint. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the number of potatoes I bought to do that and then not actually follow through. <laughs> oh my gosh. We might need to make it happen when the weather's yeah. nice. I could do it on my back patio. Yes. I love it. So um so then I want to talk for a second. You mentioned about how hard it was to think about turning those clients away, the paying clients. And I know that's something a lot of business owners struggle with when it comes time to either pivot or just get more specific about what their signature offerings are, whether it's narrowing down a product line or narrowing down their services. You know, um, somebody, Jess Ekstrom, she's a podcaster and author and speaking coach. She just said this in her webinar the other day. She said, nobody wants to be the cheesecake factory of whatever it is that they do. <laughs> like you don't want to be the cheesecake factory where you order pasta and Mexican food and cheesecake and this and that. And because you know that none of those dishes is going to be that good because they're not specializing yeah. in any one thing. So I, I kind of have this theory, I, at least every business owner I think I've ever met you know, in the beginning, they start off with like lots of ideas. There's lots of things they could do. And that's, mm-hmm. that's actually good. You want to see what sticks and what feels good when you're actually doing it. But then there does come a time when you're either pivoting completely or really needing to pare down and saying like, I want to do marketing coaching, but I don't want to do photography for marketing anymore. But that's really hard because there's that fear about money because mm-hmm. money is real. And um, this fear of, you know, we talk about the abundance mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so how how did you talk yourself through that when you got a great request for photography and you knew you were pivoting away from that? It was a process um, because I would like say no and then I'd be like, oh, like actually, <laughs> and like the number of times I did that and was like, actually, I do have bandwidth. Like, let's let's figure this out. And um, it was, and then it was figuring out the right clients and the and the wrong clients as well but a piece of it was listening to my intuition and so i could rationalize my way into taking on any client for the most part like beyond like there's other like moral things as well but like for the most part the clients coming to me is i could rationalize like me helping them them paying the time, etc., and just be able to do that. But a lot of times, my gut reaction when I would get a request in from someone 
would be the right reaction of like, Ooh, I'm excited for this or like, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. And, but I ignored it for so long and was just like, I'm, I'm growing my business. This is what, these are the clients that I said I would want when I, when I started my business. And obviously we're not allowed to shift or change anything in our business. <laughs> um, but no, it's, um, so I, I wasn't being flexible in at the time of letting my business shift. And again, it kind of came back to those thoughts a little bit that I shared earlier of like, why can't I stick to one thing? And if I'm saying no to these, like I, I said that this is the type of business I want to bring in and now I'm saying no to it. It just, it, yeah, it was, it was a process, but it was very interesting of like truly trusting that when I said no to something, another door would open. And like, sometimes it's not that immediate, but one time it was incredibly immediate. Like I said, no, I went for a walk. I came back and an ideal client had a request in my inbox. And I was just like, okay, okay. I'm listening. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting in this more. And so I get and- it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so then it just became trying to be a little more proactive and continue to move my boundaries out. And eventually it was working through with a coach of like, why am I holding on to my photography services? And it, a lot of it was because it became part of my identity. Like it was who I, who I said I was and what I did. And again, and I just feared what people would think if I no longer did that. And I feel like so many of our decisions in life are driven by fear if we let ourselves actually like reflect on it a little bit. And then once we say that fear out loud, we're like, oh, actually, it's not that bad. So <laughs> mm. the coach using the coach. I like that. I know. Even yeah. coaches need coaches. <laughs> yeah. Well, to me, I was just like, you know, if this is the direction I want to go in, like I need to, you know, fully know what this experience is like and make sure like I can't just start being a coach without, you know, experiencing it myself. And then I, and then I was all in because I saw the growth that I could have in that six month time frame. Um, and now I will never go back. <laughs> That's so perfect. So there's one more thing I want to talk to you about today. And that is, you wanted to talk about finding your voice. You said, I've learned how important this is through my brand marketing, writing, and photography work. I'm doing the work myself, and I'll be releasing a course this year to help others do the same. Yeah. Like you just said, through the different marketing projects I've worked on in the past and helping people define their brand a little bit more, a lot of times, again, is just business owners so much of them themselves is intertwined in in it and so as i've taken people through these exercises and prompts it it's been really amazing to see them like light up when it's something that's truly them like it feels true to them it feels right it feels authentic however you want to describe that and how much more likely they are to share about their business when it does feel true to them um, and yes. just ha- being able to have that that confidence in it, and not ha- and knowing that they don't need to do it like every other person they see out there doing it. Um, and so I've heard that a lot, and I have these exercises from a more brand perspective. 
but more recently I've just been reflecting on myself and just um, what is like the next step for me to level up in my business and just like my my purpose in this in this job in this role in this lifetime kind of thing and um and how I've been helping other people to have a voice but then have been quieting my own mm-hmm. and so I mean being on a podcast like this in years past would I would be drenched in sweat I would be my heart would be pounding I would be if you would ask me to be on podcast, I'd be thinking of every reason not to be on this podcast to protect myself because I feared, I feared saying the wrong thing. I feared just, you know, taking up space and sharing my experiences and would belittle those experiences and would just try to make myself smaller to minimize myself and, you know, not and just not take away from other people. And I've been learning how that uh, that does not serve me and that does not help other people either doing that. So, mm. and, and it doesn't feel good either. And mm-hmm. so just been doing my own work and trying to find my own voice. And so thank you for starting a podcast so that I can, you know, keep practicing this. And oh gosh, yes. <laughs> well, you're killing it. Like you've hit on so many things that I think are going to resonate so much with other entrepreneurs who are listening. And um, man, I think you found your voice. And I'm so, I'm so. <laughs> this grateful. is just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I'm so grateful that you agreed to do this. You seem totally cool as a cucumber. Maybe it was that <laughs> dancing it out at the beginning yeah. that helped you. Um, thank you for sharing so vulnerably. Yeah. Um, I can hear that it's still something that you're working on. Yeah. But man, let me cheer you on. I know you're always the one cheering other people on. So let me cheer you on because people are going to love this. Mm. I know it. I know yeah. it. Yeah. I can, I can feel it in my bones kind of thing. And I know that I need to do it and I am excited to be able to share it with others. And I know we've, we've talked about it through Wellstruck multiple times of like in the past year or two of like, maybe I should have a course, maybe I should do this. And like what I would have created two years ago is not what I would have created today. There are, there's a thread that continues through them. Um, But I am so excited for what is to come and curious about it too, because I'm still creating it. But um, I hope that anybody listening will sign up for my newsletter. um, And that's where I'll be announcing it anytime that I will be announcing this, but also just kind of you know, some musings and other things come through the uh, through the inbox as well. Yeah. So I follow Beck's, uh, I'm subscribed to Beck's newsletter and I highly recommend it. She shares tips on creativity and intentionality, lessons about failing and having fun and inspiration to do your best, even when that feels tough. Whether you're ready to tackle a new adventure, considering a career shift, or simply seeking a little joy delivered to your inbox, Beck has got something for you. So you can subscribe to her e-news over at ourendlessadventure.com. And just thank you, Beck. Thank you. I just, I'm, I'm really excited to listen to some of the other guests you have as well. And 
this just feels so right for you. So thank you for bringing your gifts forward. Absolutely. It's fun. It's fun to get on yeah. and talk to you all. Yeah. Just like you, I like to ask the questions that pull out the goodness. So yeah. And here we are. We listen to the post-it note of don't forget to have fun. Yeah. Mm. And fun and easy. It's going to be a tattoo. I'm telling you. Yeah. I think we might have to do a well-struck field trip to the tattoo shop. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm in. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much, Beck. And um, I'll see you around in well-struck. Sounds good. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wellstruck podcast, where we talk about what small business ownership is really like so that you can be more confident about the messy process of figuring things out as you go, because that's what we're all doing. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with a friend. And if you're a small business owner, join us for a Wellstruck roundtable. You can subscribe to our email list where we share upcoming events at wellstruck.com slash subscribe. And remember, you got this.